Well, this morning, you get to sit on, sit in on a sermon of me getting to preach to myself. And I'm just assuming that because this hit me, that there's a pretty good chance it's going to hit some of you as well. Because I don't know what your week, past week, past month has been like, but I know mine. And I know there's probably been times in your life where you have prayed, like I've prayed several times over the last couple of weeks, just a simple little one-word prayer, why? Why? And, you know, I'm at, just so people listening to this will kind of know, uh, had knee replacement, I'm, uh, it was six weeks ago Tuesday. My expectations were lofty. My, my anticipation was to get through this and I was going to be back out there. I was going to be on the tractor helping in the hay field. I was going to be doing those type of things. I was going to be taking my grandkids right back out to the golf course within just a few weeks. I was, uh, I was going to be the, the, the poster child for coming off a knee replacement. God had different plans. And in the midst of it, the knee started getting better. Praise the Lord. Finally, the swelling started going down enough. I started getting range of motion. Uh, even uh, Chase, remember, we were outside, and I, I talked about, I, boy, buddy, I think I'm getting good. And, and there was an old golf club that, that you guys just been playing with out in the yard. I picked it up and took a couple swings. I said, boy, I don't think I'm too far off. And, and it probably wasn't the next day. And my sciatic on the right side, the same side as the knee replacement, boom, there it went. I was like, oh boy. And I go to the chiropractor, get that worked on. And, and uh, went back two days later and got it worked on again. And went back two days later and got it worked on again. And he's like, Randy, I, I think, I think you're going to need therapy on your back. And so we set that up. So I'm still going to therapy for my knee, and we get done with my knee, and then I start with my back. I'm there for three hours, three hours, and and, and at the end of it, you know, a lot of what happens during therapy, you know as well as I do when it's physical therapy, some of it, they're trying to push you and stretch you and do those things, and uh, but at the end, you know, a little bit of traction on my back and, and the 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 uh, stem and the the ice and 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 at the end it feels so good and and uh and in the midst of it all i am trying to look to the lord and say you have a plan and i know this is where i'm at this i, I preach that to you folks the trials and tribulations will come we sing along those lines. And we don't talk about that to so people, oh my goodness, there's a trial coming or some kind of tribulation coming. No, we, we talk about it so we'll be prepared for when it comes. And when it comes to physical pain, I'm finding out I'm not too prepared. But when and, and I know I've talked about this. When physical pain hits you, it is hard. To think on other things. And it's hard to focus. It's hard to even pray. It's hard to read. Last night I was in at my desk. If I sit very long, 
my back. I get up. I, I, a couple years ago, I bought one of those desktops where you can raise everything up and you can stand up. And, and so I'll stand up. Well, I stand up for a while. I'm doing pretty good. And then, oh, well, I get, then there that goes. And then, well, can't sit, can't stand. What else is there to do? And, uh, and I know I can get up here and I can just put on a brave face and everything's okay and you'll think I'm doing fine. But she knows. She knows, Barb, my wife knows that when I set to eat lunch and then get ready to get up and take a step with that foot and get a shock wave through that right side, I yelled out in frustration. Have you ever done that? Just, and just to the end of it. And I find myself asking those questions, Lord, why, why is this still hanging on? Because I know what's best. <laughs> that doesn't it kind of come down to that? Lord, I, I, I got this, I had this all planned out and and uh, I was really hoping you'd get on board. And so the questions of why. And I guess that's what brought me back to Habakkuk. We, we have looked at this, just three chapters. We've looked at this uh, throughout the years several times. I talk about the last three verses of this little book. A lot of times we didn't sing it this morning. We may sing it to end that blessed be your name. And... Uh, Let's do this. Let's read the first four verses. Because what we have is Habakkuk. And he's a prophet in Judah. And we know that Judah has had many great kings. David, Solomon, Jehoshaphat, and Josiah. And, and here's the prophet Habakkuk. And he remembers these things. But Judah has fallen away from the Lord. They have brought back idols. And these pagan religions are starting to take over the, the, the temple. And, and this nation that had been chosen by God has, has turned their back on God. And, and, and Habakkuk is looking and he's seeing the, the after effect of what happens when you turn your back on the Lord. And he's seeing violence and justice and evil and destruction and conflict and wickedness everywhere. Because the nation had turned their back on God. And, and I thought about that and what about our nation? <laughs> Look at all the areas that we've turned as a nation, it seems, turned our back on God. And what are we seeing? <laughs> Immorality. So many things that's going on. And here's Habakkuk, and he's going before the Lord, and it's as though he's asking God the question that I've been asking over the last couple of weeks, why? So let's read. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and Cause me to see trouble, for plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and content, 
There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, even as we come to your word, I pray that that your Holy Spirit would speak and move. And Lord, just keep me from getting on a soapbox. And Lord, keep me in your hand, Lord, in the midst of this. Lord, help us to learn. Help us all to learn and hear from you, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. And here's Habakkuk, and he's praying, and part of the prayer is how long? How long? Because I think implied in the midst of this is it's like Habakkuk saying, Lord, are you there? Lord, do you hear? Lord, do you see what's going on? Because for Habakkuk, it, 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 I believe it appears to him, and perhaps it appears to us at some, sometimes, that God is not listening. That He doesn't hear. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I have. I have. Well, God is getting ready to speak. And He's going to let Habakkuk know, Habakkuk, I've been in the midst of this all the time and I've been answering your prayer already. And verse 5 says this, Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you will not believe, though it were told you. And perhaps if we would stop right there, Habakkuk would be filled with joy. Oh my goodness, what is the Lord going to do? What's He going to do? This is going to be great. It's going to be great. But then... The rest of the message, verse 6, For indeed, this is God, For indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Habakkuk, I've been answering. I've got the Chaldeans in place, just like I'd planned. And they're getting ready to invade. What do you think Habakkuk was thinking at that moment? Maybe about like what I've been thinking some. Lord, hey, thanks, thanks for the knees getting better, thanks. Whoa, 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 what's this, what's this? Lord, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now we, things are getting better. Things are getting better. What's going on here? Well, he has a plan. And and the thing in the midst of this that I'm trying to hang on to is His ways are not my ways. And we need to all come to grips with that, amen? That His ways are not our ways. Our ways, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Because our solutions are not always God's solutions. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. So again, it's as if God is saying, Habakkuk, I've been answering your prayers. And you're not seeing the big picture. And it's caused me to realize, what am I not seeing? And so I think in the midst of a trial, whatever it may be, whether it be physical affliction, whether it be emotional distress, 
whatever it may be that we're going through and we know we're going through a trial, perhaps one of the things we need to stop pretty quick and ask the Lord, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Lord, what would you have me learn from going through this? Because I don't believe He's going to have us go through something without a purpose. And perhaps this is to teach me patience. Perhaps many other lessons. And so you you be praying with me that I will learn. That I will learn whatever the lesson is quickly and, and get through this. And and uh and that that can be a witness and a testimony to the Lord's goodness in the midst of this. Because um, I know John Piper wrote several little sermons along the way and little booklets. Uh, I believe the first one was when he went through cancer, he wrote a little booklet, Don't Waste Your Cancer. And, and talking about even in the midst of going through that type of affliction to to look to see how the Lord will use you in the midst of it. He, he wrote another uh, in the midst of the pandemic talking about don't waste the pandemic. Uh, don't, don't, don't just fall into despair, but look to see how the Lord is working and how the Lord is moving and to follow Him in the midst of, of, of the circumstance of life that we may find ourselves. And, and so I think that's a good thought to, to not waste what we're going through. And so I want my attitude to, to be, Lord, help me not waste going through this knee and this nerve pain, but help me learn and help me come come out not just physically better on the other side, but spiritually better when I get to the other side. And so the 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 Chaldeans are coming, and, and I'm not going to read all this. You can read it's just three little chapters in Habakkuk because it it talks about how ferocious that these people are. Because remember this, this is. Uh, we, we know from history, history backs all this up, but because the Chaldeans and the Medes, if you look at history, joined together to form the Babylonian Empire. You've heard about the Babylonian Empire, King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and when they formed, they, this was a formidable army. They went in and took over Assyria. They They went in and took over Egypt. Think about that. They went into to two sizable other countries and armies and took them over. And now here they are at the border of tiny little Judah. Can you imagine what Habakkuk is thinking? Can you? I, it doesn't say whether the people all knew this was happening. Habakkuk did. And these people are going to come in. And God is going to clean house, and provide justice. And perhaps Habakkuk is thinking, but, but God, it's the Chaldeans. They're, they're wicked. They're evil. You're going to have them come in? And I know I've asked this question before. Does God ever use wicked people to accomplish His work? Yes. Yes, He does. Why? Why would God do such a thing? So that His power would be made known throughout the earth. And, and, and just as a reference, let's go to Romans 9, verses 17 through 24 and just read. 
In case you were missing the book of Romans, we'll give you a little Romans right here. For the Scripture says to the Pharaoh, for this very purpose I raised you up. Who raised up the Pharaoh? God. Why? That I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he has mercy, the Lord does. And whom he wills, he hardens. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me this way? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, see there it is, there it is. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Let me pause there for a moment. We talked about the long-suffering and patience of God. If not for his long-suffering and patience, he would strike us with lightning at the moment we sin. What if God, wanting to show His wrath and to make His power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy, which He had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom He called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. See, God has a purpose for all, for all. The righteous and the unrighteous alike. And God will use sinful, wicked people, vessels of wrath prepared for destruction that His children might see His power and recognize the depths of His great love and mercy. Why does God work in the way He does? (laughs) We can't know the mind of God. His ways are higher than our ways. So Habakkuk gets the news. Chaldeans are coming. And it's as though Habakkuk reminds himself of who God is in verse 12. Habakkuk 1, verse 12. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. You have appointed them for destruction, O Rock. You have marked them for correction. (laughs) See, I think first from that, and I think... As best we can, when difficult times comes, we need to remind ourselves of who God is and of all He has done for us. To take inventory of what He's done in the past. To know that He is faithful and His mercies are new every day. Habakkuk comes to this conclusion in verse 1 of chapter 2. He makes this determination. And this is the determination I want to make. This is a determination I want to have. This is, this is what we should all have when difficult times come. He says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what He will say to me. So that's what I want. Lord, what are You trying to say to me? What are You trying to teach me? 
It's as though Habakkuk saying, Lord, look, I don't understand what you're doing, but, but I'm going to stand my watch. I'm going to keep looking to you. I'll watch and wait to see what you're going to do, Lord. I'll watch and wait for us. Watch and wait. Watch and pray. Watch and stay in His Word, looking to His great and precious promises. Keep looking to the Lord. Keep praying and keep seeking Him. Watch and wait. We didn't sing it this morning. I will wait for you, just the chorus of that. I will wait for you. I will wait for you on your word. I will rely. I will wait for you. Surely wait for you. Till my soul is satisfied. Sing it again. I will wait for you. I will wait for you on your word. I will rely. I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till my soul is satisfied. You see that last line? <laughs> How important that is. Keep waiting until your soul is satisfied. Until you've come to the end of yourself and your reliance is wholly on Him and you're trusting Him wholly and completely and your soul is satisfied. <laughs> Wait on the Lord. Let's go ahead and read Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. You probably thought I was going to read this and talking about waiting. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? Neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths, shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, what, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Ah, isn't that where you want to be? Isn't that where you want to be? Do you get that picture? Of that, of the Lord lifting you up, and we know we've, we've talked about it so often in due time, in His timing, when it's His time, not mine, He will lift us up. He will lift us up. Oh, just keep looking to Him. Have faith. And God speaks to Habakkuk again, verse 2 in chapter 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. <laughs> this was written some 2,600 years ago. And aren't you thankful that the Lord said, Habakkuk, write it down? Because I am so grateful for this, this portion of Scripture that we can read it and we can learn from it. And just to listen and to hear what the Lord would say. Uh, verses 3 and 4. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. <laughs> See, I know, 
I know at the end of my little thing that I'm going through, and I hate to even really talk about this, about my knee and my little sciatic when there's people that's going through such devastating things. You know, there, there's people all over this world that's asking that question, why? I don't know if you watch the news. There's a 12-story a condominium that, that half of it just sheared off down in Surfside in Florida. And, and uh, uh, I think they recovered five bodies, 150-something people still missing. It, it looks like a bomb went off and just took off half that building. They think it was structural. It was the reason for it. A sinkhole, uh, the, the salt water, some cracks in concrete, and, and perhaps got to, the, to the, the metal inside, and it just sheared off people inside that building, 150-something people unaccounted for. Don't you know that there are people, family members, that's going, why? Why, Lord? Why? Why? They just went on vacation. And now they're gone. We, we go. We, we go to Florida. We stay in condos. Can, can you imagine? And some that were spared, it's like I said, it's like half the building just sheared off this way. And here's people that were, that got up in, in their room, they heard all the stuff that's going on and they look and, and it, it, it's just open. It's just open. Can you imagine that? And there's people that goes through even far worse things than that. All throughout the world and the questions of why, of why, of why, why, Lord, why, Lord, why would, why would such things happen? People have said that about the pandemic. Why, Lord, why would you let such a thing happen? People said it about 9-11. Why, Lord, why would you let those people fly into those buildings? The, the tsunami that, that wiped out so many people, what, 30,000 people, it was what, about six years ago in the Middle East or in, uh, in, in that area there of, of the ocean. So many things that will happen that will cause people to ask that question, why? But I do know this, that He is always on His throne. And He is always in control. Chapter 2, verse 20. Verse 20. Because when that question comes up, here's, here's the response. He says this to Habakkuk. God says this to Habakkuk. But the Lord is in His holy temple that all the earth keeps silence before him what's God saying <laughs> I'm still on the throne I'm still on the throne listen to me keep silent for a moment and listen <laughs> see Lord's Lord needs to yell at me every now and then Randy just shut up and listen and perhaps he needs to do that to to you at times too. Would you just stop for a moment and listen? Keep silent and have faith. Have faith. Have faith. That back up and, and that the verses three and four that we had together there. For the vision is, is yet for an appointed time, but at the end. It will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. And again, you know, I know what I'm going through and I know what some of you are going through as well. But wait, but wait, but wait. 
Because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. He's talking about the Chaldeans, I believe, right there. Because, because their pride is their strength. And, and they were, they were giving uh, praise to false idols and false gods for their strength. But, but the Lord's going to take care of them and he does. And he does. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his Faith. And where does our faith come from? We are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. And we are to live by faith. We are to live by faith, trusting Him, trusting Him, trusting Him. Now let's go to Habakkuk 3. Just... I'm kind of skipping around here, and you can, like I said, you can go back and read uh, these three little chapters and pray and and meditate on this as you go through it. And let the Lord speak to you. Let's go to chapter three, verse two. See, here's where we see the change that takes place in Habakkuk, and it seems that he begins to understand what the Lord is trying to teach him, and it's then he prays this prayer, "O Lord." I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. Lord, I know, I know, I know your plan. You've, you've told it to me and I, I know you're going to do these things. And, and Lord, just, just remember, have mercy. Have mercy. See, at the beginning, it was as if Habakkuk was saying, God, are you going to do anything? And now it's as if he's saying, God, don't do too much. God, I know you're sending the Chaldeans, but oh Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. And it's though that Habakkuk now surrenders to the will of God. And, and then I'll let you read the, the rest of this. The next 13 verses, uh, Habakkuk remembers what God has done in the past. And, and, and he's just reflecting. He's just reflecting of what the Lord has done in the past. And, and all we need to do that from time to time. To remember all that the Lord has brought us through. Ought to remember what He has saved us from and what He has saved us for and to. And, and look to Him. And, and the last three little verses... Oh, the ones that I love so much. A great prayer of faith and trust in God. Habakkuk 3, verses 17 through 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the field and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and He will make me walk on my high hills to the chief musician with my stringed instrument. Though all these things may happen, yet I will rejoice. <laughs> because God is my strength and God is my salvation. And we sing that this morning in Psalms 25, verses 3 and 4. 
uh, Psalm uh, 4 and 5. I'm sorry, 4 and 5. Psalms 25, verse 4 and 5. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. So yeah, that sums it up for me. Lord, show me your ways. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Let me come through this better. Let me come through this better equipped for what may be coming down the road for me. Lead me in your truth, Lord. Teach me. That should be all our prayers. And to remember that He's the God of our salvation and to wait on Him. To wait on Him. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And we know that ultimately, because He is the God of our salvation, and that nothing can snatch us out of His hand, that we are being kept by the power of God for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last days, that any momentary light affliction that we may go through is nothing compared to the glory to come. And in the midst of that, and I know I've talked about physical pain, and I just got thinking about about Jesus Christ. The pain, the affliction that He went through in going to the cross. My little ache and pain compared to what the Lord went through for the joy that was set before Him. He endured it all to go to the cross so that we might have a way of salvation. Oh, that I could just turn my eyes to Him in times of whatever it may be, whether it be hardships, whether it be financial, whether it be physical, whether it be whatever it may be for any of us that may come, may we turn our eyes to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and may we walk and live by faith. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You see, when we keep our eyes on Him and our focus on Him, everything else will grow strangely dim because we've got our focus to Him. 
So pray for me that I can keep my focus where it needs to be. I'll pray for you that you can keep your focus where it needs to be. And, and let me do this. I, I just came across this quote. Uh, someone that was talking uh, had, had read a little, written a little uh, paper on Habakkuk. And this was toward the end of it. Just let me read. Habakkuk's trust is renewed in God. He can face the worst temporal pains and losses knowing that God will rescue him eternally in the end. See, and that's the thing to not lose sight of. Eternity. He began disoriented and devastated, fearful and faithless, and he took it to God. And God in His mercy showed Himself to Habakkuk. Now Habakkuk walks in faith and patience, and perhaps more amazingly, joy. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Joy. Not begrudging submission, but delighting submission. And joy leads to song. The final line of Habakkuk reads, and I go back to those three verses, uh, verses, what was it, 17, 17, 18, 19. Uh, the, the last line, where does it all lead? To the chief musician with my string instruments. Habakkuk ended in song. <laughs> he was, he has caught a glimpse of the glory of God and despite the certain suffering that looms, because the Chaldeans are coming, you see, because of the certain suffering that looms on the horizon, he knows that this God will be enough for him. <laughs> that's, that's good, isn't it? That, that regardless of what's coming my way, is God enough? If I settle in my heart that he's enough? Habakkuk learns like Job that no matter how difficult conditions might become, he must continue to believe, continue to trust the promises of God, and have confidence that the Lord of all the earth will do right. Habakkuk learns to sing praise, not just in good times, but in great calamity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your word, and, and I pray that in the midst of all this, that, that you have stirred in the midst of hearts and minds, and, and that, Lord, that, that, that we might learn from you. Lord, that I might learn. Help us, Lord, help us all to be able to face, face trials, tribulations, calamity, whatever it may be, Lord, help us to face it as a child of God should face. And Lord, help me when I'm weak. Help me when I am tempted to despair and frustration. Lord, help us all that we can learn to trust you more, offer grace to trust you more, because you have always been faithful. Always. Never have you failed me. Never have you failed one of your children that's listening right now. Never have you failed. So Lord, help us to know that. And in knowing that fact, may we trust you in every situation of life. Whatever we may face, whatever may come along, may you be honored, may you be glorified in, in, 
in everything that we say and do and how we react and how we respond to those situations of life. So, Lord, help us, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.